Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rikari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you, so visit gcxevent.com slash tickets to book now. Oh, hello there. Oh, you're looking for a, a Twitch streamer who's bald, who has a great laugh. Oh, oh, I see. You're looking for Professor Broman, the Twitch streamer. That's right. If you're looking for a fun guy who's bald and has a great laugh and smells great, well, I got, I got, the, I got the streamer for you. Head on over to twitch.tv forward slash Professor Broman. He, he, he's awesome at looter shooters, uh, speed running, um, getting shot at in Tarkov. Honestly, any type of content, any type of gaming content you're looking for, you can find it there. Twitch.tv forward slash Professor Broman. You should go there right now. Go there right now. Hit the follow button. Do it. Trandoshan, Trandoshan, <laughs> Trandoshan. The Trandoshan has Trandoshan webbed feet. Trandoshan traverses tirelessly over the terrain of Tatooine. It was really you good. Mean it's not Transdoshan, Tim? No, 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 Kevin, it's Trandoshan. Please don't piss <laughs> off the guy on Twitter again. I might have to. You know it's in my nature. You guys, it's episode 68 of Star Wars and Scotch. What are we going to do for next episode? What do you mean? Oh, for 69? Yeah, it's hot. Hold on. Bing bong. Oh, so loud. <laughs> <laughs> we can get some, uh, we, we can go hang out at Garza's place uh, and, you know, get involved in some debauchery for episode 69. I don't, Kevin, we're married. I don't think we're allowed to do that. Yeah, you're right. I guess so. Welcome to Star Wars and Scotch. I'm Kevin. That's Tim. Hey. Uh, we're talking uh, all things Star Wars Man, today. What a roller coaster this morning was. Woo! Woo! Yeah, the studio is not not in a good place. So oh I no, that's not what I meant. Office. I was talking about the episode. I was talking about the. I was talking about the episode. What? Well, wait, wait, because the episode was a roller coaster, and then getting to record this episode oh, okay. was also a roller coaster. Yeah, so you so. had a double whammy. Yeah, it's been a morning, but yeah. Um. Uh. So. We'll jump right into Boba. There's some other news, but we'll jump right into Boba. Uh, chapter five, uh, the God. return of the Mandalorian. I'm, you were right, Kevin. <laughs> but as literally, soon, it was as soon like as, 30 as soon seconds as, in. as soon as that son of a bitch walks through the meat cutting factory, I'm just like, well, Kevin's right. Like literally 30 seconds. I was like, oh, poor Tim. But you, okay, you, so like I, I, okay, so I wasn't completely wrong. They did no. go and find the uh, the remnants of his house, 
on one of the so, Halo rings. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. What's this, this Halo Star Wars crossover? <laughs> I was like, is he going to find Chief for that help? That was What's so going on cool. Right I didn't even know they had ring structures in Star Wars. I didn't know that. I don't think they did until last until this morning. Did you also uh, did you also like her little nod towards legends? Which who's when the armor when the armorist was talking about Mandalore the Great and how Tarvisla? That's no, from Clone Wars. No, 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 no. When she talks about the um the massive uh what's the thing that he wrote on? The Mythosaur. She she talks about the Mythosaur and she goes, those are things of legends. And yeah. I was like is, this, is she saying the mythosaur is not going to be in ca- like what did she mean by that Kevin or is she just saying that the mythosaurs are dead and they're extinct they're extinct because um, what's his face from a season one of Mandalorian talks to Din about how his ancestors rode the mythosaur yeah okay so but here's the thing though Kevin is that are we never going to see a mythosaur again Supposedly they're all extinct at this point, so probably not until they go to Old Republic. I was really hoping that Din. Okay, so in my head, Din was gonna ride one when he got to when he got to Mandalore. <laughs> so Din would have been on the Mythosaur, and Boba would have been on the Rancor. And yeah, exactly. And it would have just it rolled up on the pikes. Exactly. We looked awesome. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that whole beginning was very interesting and i mean the whole episode was fan service from front to back oh 100 <clears throat> percent. filled in they were filling in the blank to bridge us to season three of mandalorian obviously and and introduced din into the show he'll probably be in the rest of the season to be honest as you know uh boba basically gets like his little group together i get same formula well, that's what video boba game did. that's what they did for boba in mandalorian he was there until the final episode yep so i have a feeling we're getting it the same thing but we did learn uh, we got the confirmation about the Darksaber. I think that was one of the hugest pieces of the episode that because it was given, I'm which so is what we all suspected. That up. I was so mad. Yep. Because it was given to Sabine and then to uh, Bo-Katan. That is why. And the prophecy came true. Well, okay, hold on. Sabine won it in combat. Didn't Sabine... she find it in Darth Maul's cave? But didn't she fight, but didn't she fight the, didn't she fight the ghost for it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that could be considered combat. Didn't, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe. maybe but it was Maul. She didn't fight Maul. <gasps> who Talk, who disarms? What? Who disarms? Who disarms Darth Maul? Does Ahsoka Wait. disarm Darth Maul? Yes, and then she gives it to Bo-Katan, but that was in the last season of Clone Wars. We're talking about Rebels. Right. No, 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 Yeah, so so let's play the whole Elder Wand game, Kevin. You just finished doing uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. So how did the Elder Wand get, like, who is the true owner of the Elder Wand? Harry. It was, it was right, but it was Dumbledore. Dumbledore so, originally, So Dumbledore yeah. had it. Dumbledore was disarmed by Snape. Oh my God! The Elder Wand is like the Dark Saber. <laughs> the Elder Wand is the Dark Saber. Kevin, who was the last actual owner of the Dark Saber? Uh, it was Darth Maul. Maul, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who didn't didn't Ahsoka disarm Maul? At the end of Clone Wars, Ahsoka disarms Maul, but no. But then Rebels happens after that. I I know, and- I know. But let's play the whole like who who was the last person to win in combat. Uh, technically Ahsoka. Wouldn't but, it be Ahsoka? But Maul still has it. Excuse me, after that. So who's the last person to disarm Maul? 
nobody. She f- they find it in his hideout on Dathomir. Right, but who? So so it, so then it goes back to Darth Maul is still the ruler of Mandalore. No, like, because at this point it's been at this point it's been one in combat. So even if it's been found, but there's I like this whole like yeah, but there's mis- there's magic here. Listen to the whole thing she said. She said it, there was a curse. She said yeah, the that curse if of the, it. right the curse if it was not won by combat and it was handed over it would be, it would curse the ruler. Mandal well Mandalore would fall and they would be scattered to the four winds was what she right. said. Right. So who Which, is so I'm just trying to figure out who is the who is the actual true ruler of Mandalore at this point. No, it's it's Din because he won it in combat. That's how right, it works. But, but I, I get that, but I feel like there's still like this. I'm trying to think of it from a magic magical property. I'm trying to think of it because there's some mysticism in this. There's a curse attached to it. But at this point, I would say that would be not necessarily broken, but changed. Then the big thing that you have to consider is we still don't know how it got from Bo-Katan to Moff Gideon. Well, well, I would assume it was okay. So we got a really, really good flashback. Of yes. the night of a thousand tears, and so and as soon as I saw the tie bombers dropping bombs, I was like, "Oh, the thousand tears are one thousand bombs," mm-hmm. and the heavens were crying upon the Mandalorians. Um, and I thought that was intense. They looked like just mini nukes that they were just carpet bombing on the surface. Yeah, and then uh, they dropped the K two droids and the interrogator droids, and the and they were just droids. cleaning up house like it was gross. Yeah. And yeah. and so I think that's. What happened is that I, I did he even beat her in combat at that point? I wonder if he just went through the rubble and just like pulled it out. Very possible. But I like how it has this um, again, going back to this whole mysticism and magic, the idea of fighting against the dark saber makes it like this really heavy, un, like unbearable item that you have to like try to like lift up with all your might is a lot like mm-hmm. Thor's hammer. Yeah. Which I well, thought she was said really he was cool. fighting. She said he was fighting against it, but not I didn't with know it. Kyber. I didn't know Kyber crystals could do that. I know that I know they're almost sentient to a certain degree because they have like a connection with the 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 true like owner of that Kyber crystal. There's some type of force connection there. There's there's something there that there has to be some sort of force play but Moff Gideon was wielding it like it was just a normal sword and Din's having a really hard time and so I'm really curious about that as to how how did Moff Gideon learn to wield the Darksaber so effortlessly I'm not I, I honestly have no idea well maybe he studied but like, I mean like who was, but who like was left who was left to teach him the ways of the Darksaber it was originally like I, like yeah I guess I guess maybe he went through like hollows like archives of, and, and archives yeah, of the of Mandalore. Yeah, maybe. Well, t- that's my point is like the, the Darksaber does have some sort of force properties because Tar Vizsla was the Mandalore Jedi. Jedi. Mandalore, yeah. yeah, so uh, Tar Vizsla had the ability to use the force, which means that there's something up with that, the, the Darksaber and the force, which is why Din's having trouble with it. And probably why the prophecy became, you know, came true and, and whatnot, because before that, you know, Mandalore was in civil war. We saw it in Clone Wars, but uh, it, it's we don't know. There's a lot of history we still don't know. But now we've confirmed, like you said, Night of a Thousand Tears. The planet got glassed, um, and hard. hard. But I still think what Bo-Katan said in the last season is something we need to pay attention to, and very important is that I- you know not all thing, not everything you've heard is true. So, and. S- they just opened the door for him to go back to Mandalore. So I think once again, our prediction for season three, 
we're going back to Mandalore, and we're going to see Grogu again. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, so that was uh, that was a whole whole thing. Um, the idea of having to like redeem him. So the whole idea. Okay, so going back to him finding his what, what do we what do we call this? Not a den, a um, covern, a covern. So he goes back covern, and finds yeah. the, and and she asks him, "Did you remove your helmet?" And we know we know that that this covern is a is a uh, uh, an offshoot of of Death Watch, right? Yeah, they're like a cult based they're, on the they're essentially a cult Death based Watch. off of Death Watch. So I thought it was really strange that he went back and was willing to join. Like, so that was that was weird. Knowing that he, he here's my here's my problem with this whole, this whole setup with Din is that he was with Bo Katan. And they 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 did did this whole talk at the end on Moff Gideon's ship about restoring Mandalore and 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 trying to figure out this whole dark saber thing, and then we find him and and he's ready to join back up with his with with his old crew, and then she's like, "Well, you took your helmet off, so you've got to go back to Mandalore and cleanse yourself in the pool." I'm just like, that was that was all very strange. It just didn't well, really make sense from the way that it was set up. I could understand like what he was doing. He was looking. He was looking for his family, but what happened to Bo? Like, why didn't they just go right off to to together with her? Like, where did she go? It was just strange. That whole setup was really weird for me. Well, one, I don't think Bo is very happy with him right now. Two, um, she had some choice words to say about Bo, the armorer. Uh, and three, this is the only family he's ever known besides mm. Grogu at this point. So it's very easy to go back to what you know and who you think is right. Like sure. he never renounced what they said, but he definitely broke some of their rules. So he is looking for validation in what I consider to be this mother matronly parental figure in his life. Yeah. And you know, he's willing to go the extra mile to gain her validation and gain her trust back. Um, we saw Paz Vizsla try and also make a pass to try and regain his family's heirloom. Which I thought was really uh, good. Yeah, it was great, and it made sense. And he still, he had a ton of trouble beating him, and the only time he beat him is when he dropped the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. Put on a Vibroblade. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I forgot how cool they look as they're like actually like vibrating in space. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, there was so much, that was a huge lore dump, and it was like, whoa. Like, was there's a lot. a lot to digest here. And they're completely setting us up. By the way, this was uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. Yeah, uh, as soon as I saw that fi- that her name pop up at the end, I was like, "That's why I like this so much." Because she's yeah. just, she's so good. Yeah, she just has she a great it. vision. She's got a great lens for Star Wars. Yeah, she just gets the mission. It's funny that this is my favorite episode of this show. And yeah, Bo- I hate Boba that. Wasn't I, even love- in it. I know that's what I hate so much. Is like that. Just sh- I was thinking about it in the shower this morning. I was like, it just goes to show how much weight Mando carries. As far as like just being because it was like that first live action, yeah. it's that it's almost that honeymoon of just like that was our first like love for live action Star Wars TV storytelling. And mm-hmm. so it's just like it's you can tell it's the first child. It gets like it gets the special treatment. It's like, you no, know, like, hold on a second, because like the whole tone, everything about it completely shifted. You yep. could tell right away that this wasn't going to be a Boba Fett episode at all. There was nothing about it that had a Boba Fett tone to it, which is what was so off-putting. It was just like, why don't we just why didn't we just call this a special look at Mandalorian season 3? Like this could have mm-hmm. literally just been Mando season 3 episode 0. 
And and I would have been fine with it if this would have been the season. If this would have been some really cool season finale for Boba and like the beginning of Mando, and it just cuts off right at the end, does a full like Soprano ending, and it says wait until next year, and I was just like, no, it'd be so good. Um, so it was a little weird for me that like they inserted Mando before the season finale for Boba, and the entire episode was all about Mando in Mando. When Boba's introduced, Boba's just sprinkled in there, kind of, just a little bit. You're like, oh, hey, he's here to hang out with us. And Mando's like, hey, bitch, I'm here to take over the show. And for me, it was establishing story in chronological order, which is important. I think a lot of Agreed. people learned from Witcher, ne- uh, Witcher season one uh, and that people do like to be told their stories, at least in the f- reference frame of a season of a show in chronological order and not have to figure out the timeline like a puzzle. Sure. So I think that all they were doing was like, this is what's going on with Din. This is his, his new adventures yeah, that are on the horizon. But first he's got to help Boba. But it's so weird how they've like, okay, so it's weird and cool. They've made their characters extremely fluid in the sense that they can transverse across these show lines where they're just like, like we have Ahsoka. Ahsoka shows up. Boba Fett shows up. Ahsoka gets her own show. Boba Fett gets her own show. Mando's just like, I'm going to go into their show for a little bit. Like, that's so cool. But at the same time, and I hate saying this because I've talked so much crap about Boba Fett. I really liked Boba Fett. And I really wanted, I like, I just, I really, like, I've always really enjoyed Tamora Morrison. I think he's a really good actor. And I feel like he's really done a good job of giving Boba Fett a voice and just like an actual, just like, a, he's a real character now. And I went and I wanted to see what was going to happen. And I just it's frustrating that Mando came in and took over the entire episode. Like it was so cool seeing the end, seeing him in the Naboo Starfighter doing like a pod racing scene. through the end one. It was so cool. That was so neat. They literally took like a Honda Civic and turned it into like a Dodge Challenger. Like it was so awesome. It was so cool. The thing had a Hemi. It did. But at, this, but at the same time, it I feel like it took away from Boba Fett. We also saw our good buddy Paul Young Lee again. Dude, he was so awesome. He was like, sound kind of familiar. He knew it was him. <laughs> and he just like and when she was talking about the when she was talking about the button that makes him go super, I was like, oh, they gave him a NOS button. Yeah. He just like, <laughs> I thought the same thing. And he hit it and it just <laughs> and it was so cool. It was so yeah. neat. He essentially has like a, a street racing starfighter. Yeah. yeah, they went they went full Fast and Furious. He just he went Dom on it, Don Toretto, and and now he's he's Dom. He's just gonna I, hang out. I did enjoy the setup though of him having to fly commercial to get to Tatooine. That was hilarious. He was essentially like saw in an Rex Airbus. again. Uh huh. We saw Rex again. So he they they do still pilot the commercial aircraft. Yep. Which was, I thought, that was such a Star Tours nod. It was like... Uh, it's It's been fantastic. The amount, of, the amount of just like fan, like fandom that has been put into this. Did you notice BD-1? The BD... Well, that was, that was a okay, BD but, droid. Okay. It's, it's a BD droid. But when I... Yeah. So I have I have a 3D printed one-to-one scale BD mm-hmm. in my studio uh, from Jedi Fallen Order. And what I thought was really, really cool is that we saw BD show up in an episode of a Star Wars show the day after... Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 is announced. So, like, I thought that was just, like, that was beautiful timing across the board. So, bravo to Respawn into into the EA marketing into Star Wars proper for nailing that. Because I I don't know if they did that on purpose. 
Um, I would think, I mean, like, usually Star Wars does everything with a purpose. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool to see a, a an absolutely beloved uh, robot from a video game come into a, a show and I, they nailed it. Like, Kevin, did you notice the little happy dance that he did? Mm-hmm. That's the happy dance from the video game. Mm-hmm. It's so, it was just the littlest of details. They nailed it. There was just so much just, just fan service in this. It, it enhances your experience because, you know, if you go to Hollywood Studios, you're going to see Rex at Star Tours. Well, there he is. He's in Clone Wars. He's in, you know, this episode of Mandalorian. He was dealing cards in a casino in the last episode yeah. as an unemployed version of Rex, uh, you know. And then we see BD. So if you jump into the video game, you're like, oh, I remember, you know, BD from this. And yep. it's just the cross-reference and the constant attention to detail of bringing the world alive, no matter how you're consuming it, whatever medium you're using, whether you're standing in Galaxy's Edge, playing a video game, or watching uh, Disney+, Plus, you're you're getting the full experience. And that that is why I do tell people to be patient with Star Wars, because they flesh things out, and then you get these payoff moments like this episode where there's so much to talk about and so many little things in the background and so many just fun things that this is why it's special. This is why we love it. This is what makes the world come alive is because of these connections across every single medium of storytelling. So I loved it. Again, my favorite episode of the season, the Naboo Starfighter, when she uncovered it, I was like, that's not a, it is. <laughs> at first, at first I thought it was going to be Grievous's ship. I thought it was because I oh interesting I, because yeah. I noticed I noticed the front. Um, it has that same like it kind of like sticks out in the front. It has like that old um, Nazi uh, muscle, like that mm-hmm. the, uh, the old like nineteen forty like Nazi cars where it has like the elongated front, um, like like Red Skull in in the Marvel uh, comics. Uh, anyways, it had that same shape to it. I was like, no way, no way. And then he pulls the cover. Off. I was like, oh, that's so that's no way. It was so cool, like just seeing the Naboo fighter. Like again, it's just they're doing a beautiful job of just looping everything together. And Pelly is one of my favorite characters. She's the mechanic. awesome. She's, she's so much wonderful. fun. She's so funny. Uh, and I mean, she's done. That's her history. She was a comedy sketch actress for years and years and years. So she's providing that much needed comic relief in both shows at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her, her her little gaggle of droids keeps growing. It keeps on getting bigger and bigger. I love how she just has this, this army. I also love knowing that she dated a Jawa at some point. <laughs> and they're furry. <laughs> She's just like, oh, they're furry. they're furry. And her speaking Jawa was hilarious. It was so good. Yeah, I just I love I love having her. She's a fun. She, it, they I love that they treat Mandal- the Mandalorian like a like a video game because she is definitely like that fun person that stays at base. And like when you go back and visit them, they always have those really fun dialogues and like the really cool cutscenes. And you always love going back and seeing them after like a really hard like boss fight. And you're just like, I need to decompress. And then you go back, mm-hmm. and it's just a really good experience. That's how I felt too when he came off of the ring. Um, when he came and gave the bounty head to the the bird purse, I can't think. I I know I've seen that that race before in in Clone Wars and Rebels. And I just can't think of what they're called. Are those um, the ones the bird race from uh, old uh, High Republic too? Like Affy Hollow's adopted mother from the the Bind Guild. I'd have to I'd have to see what they look like. I don't know. I didn't take a good enough look. Uh, also, uh, connection. Remember, we keep calling that one race on tattooing the dog people, and it was I, the one. I, just, the I can't I can't remember what they're called. Clatonians. We keep saying Clatonians, oh. and we don't connect the two dots. That's the Clatonians. Oh, so. Not to be confused with the Trans Doshians. Tran Tran <laughs> 
Okay, so so I okay so so I have to I have to say I've always thought there was a light S behind it's, the N. It's probably because you heard a trans Trandoshan saying it, and they say everything with an extra S. Yeah, it's probably I probably have gotten it from that. I just I always thought there was a soft S after the N. Um, it's Trandoshan. It's, it's going to take time. Trandoshan. It's going to take time for us to. No, I got to it. I, no, I nailed person. it. I've been practicing it every morning in the mirror. I look at myself and go, Trandoshan, Trandoshan, Trandoshan. And I say it three times fast. And then I say it backwards. The um, Trandoshan tiptoes across Tatooine. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, Beggar's Canyon. Yeah, it was all. Yeah, it was. Li- they literally took a scene from episode one in the pod racing, like the ramp that Anakin goes up, off, you know, through the barricade that was there. Um, like they took a couple of like really cool shots and just like redid it. Like when he, um, when he fires up the, the Naboo starfighter for the first, like for that second, that was the same scene from yep. Anakin when he was inside the droid command ship and he's trying to like punch it back up. Um, mm-hmm. all of, like all, all the little things they were, they, they, and they, they did it. She, she was, she's a freaking genius. She did it from the same angles. Like she literally just took those shots from episode one and she just plugged in Mando. And it was just, was, it was perfect. I was waiting for Pelly to be like, it's working. It's working. Well, even like when, when he was firing up the Starfighter for the first time, that was the pot. That was when Anakin was firing up his pods for the first time. So they took like two scenes. They took the one where he crash lands into the start, into the droid command ship. And then also when he fires up his pod racer for the first time, that, that like, that like all of that, that was all from episode one. It was just, it was perfect. If, if if a Gungan would have walked out and got his tongue stuck, then it would have just been episode one. Ah, my tongue is, is numb. None time. I hate that scene so much. Oh, man, could you imagine? Isn't, uh, where, where is, is he? Oh, no, he's still on Naboo. As, he's on Naboo dying. As a, as a clown. Yep. Must make you so happy. God, I'd love it. Spit on his grave. <laughs> the Empire is your fault. <laughs> What would it take to make you cosplay as Jar Jar? A lot of money. For sick kids at a children's hospital or just straight up cats? And son for me. (laughs) Because I'd have to go into hiding for a while. It needs just some lay low money. All right, Colt, you heard it here first. (laughs) Now we have to make it happen. Oh, man, that's going to be a topic of discussion on your stream tomorrow. Yeah, I can't wait. It'd be great. Yeah, it'd be good. You're, You're welcome. Um... I, what do you expect from the next two episodes? Well, the next two episodes are just going to be, it's going to be just like Mando. Are we getting two. any more, are we getting so, any so more friends? So next episode, we're going to go see Grogu, apparently. No, I don't think so. I think, I think you don't think so? I think that's the beginning of Mandalorian season three. Oh, thank God. No, but, but he's going to come back. He's going to come back and help out because he said, I, I'm, he said, it's, it's on the house. But first, I have to go pay an old friend a visit. So, between episode six and seven, Mando goes and sees Grogu. So, either, either next episode is all about Boba Fett, or next season is all about Mando going to see Grogu and Luke. Because, to your point, Kevin, if they're doing everything chronologically, then it would have to happen now. They're not going to hold off until next year for you to see Mando and Grogu well, they could, reunite. They could they can flashback. They've been flashbacking in Boba Fett, so they could flashback. When Maybe. I say chronological, I mean they didn't want to skip 
to what Din was doing. They wanted to show you to bridge to get I, him okay, to I Tatooine. I don't mean like the storytelling has to be completely linear. Um, I just mean they wanted to fill you in so you had an understanding of why he ended up on Tatooine and why how Fennec just, was able to there's find not him. Much, there's not much left for Boba Fett. Like, that's the hard part is like I don't know what's going to happen because all he has to do is is recruit more muscle and then go fight. So like next episode is going to be about it's going to be a 45 minutes of him recruiting a bunch of muscle to go fight the pikes. I don't know. Here's 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 my question. I don't think he's going to go see Grogu yet because I don't think he wants Grogu. He's not going to put Grogu in danger. He's already done that. I think he he is going to find someone to be like, look, come help me with this Boba thing and then come help me. I have to go back to Mandalore. Oh, so what if he finds like Ahsoka? Could be Ahsoka, could be Bo-Katan, could be, you know, and then they can get into an argument about how he's just trying to impress his cult if friends sees, and uh, she doesn't so, okay, agree all right, blah, blah, so, blah, blah, So, okay, so if that's the case is what if, what if he goes and finds Rosario Dawson? I'm watching Katie's uh, socials like a hawk, by the okay, way. Okay, she, so, okay, let's, okay, so let's go back to socials. So, um, uh, Ming Nguyen tweeted at Katie Sackhoff. Yep. Like, good job, girl. Like, something, something, something. Hashtag Bo-Katan and then deleted the tweet. Yeah, because everyone thought that meant Bo-Katan was getting her own show, but That's nothing ever I materialized. So... Right, 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 right. So what does that mean? Like, why did she tweet at her? Like, good job, girl. Like, so I'm very, I'm very intrigued. I, I, I don't think, I, we know Katie Sackhoff 100% is in Mando season three. One hundred percent. Um, I don't I don't know if if she if she would be the one that Mando would give the thing to to go to Grogu. It would make sense that it was Ahsoka in my head, because she would know where Luke's at. Yeah, and they also if you think of it from a marketing perspective, you know, prepping for the next few shows. Might as well, dude. If you're gonna throw Mando into the mix, why not throw Ahsoka in there again? Everyone I loves her. Can I throw out like a weird yeah, outlandish theory? What if he finds Ahsoka and she is talking to Anakin's force ghost <laughs> and then like turns around <laughs> and it just disappears Ugh, to set up. It's like Hayden Christensen was there <laughs> to set up, to set up, like re remind Obi-Wan? us that Hayden is Vader and set up Ahsoka Ugh. and Obi-Wan. <laughs> I love it. Ooh, that's so good. Kevin. Yes. It's I just want so crazy. So hard. But I was like thinking of him like walking up behind her. I mean, you got to think about it from a marketing there. standpoint. Yep. I'm just, I'm just, or she, maybe she's talking to you and McGregor. Oh, shit. It's going to be one. one. Oh, I love this theory. That's so good. And I do think, okay. And I do think we're not going to see Grogu till Mandalorian season three. And I do think Sebastian Stan is going to be Luke. Do you think he's going to be a little bit older? Luke? No. Because no, not much time has passed. Oh, Grogu? No way. If he's that little at fifty years old, <laughs> you know he's gonna be a little bit. He's gonna look like like teenage Groot. No, not yet. I think we got a ways to go. All right. I love teenage Groot though. Right? He's just a, he's such a dick. I was like, oh my god, it's like my child. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I I think we're gonna solve the boba issue. Establish him as the daimyo. Um. You know the the the. I don't want to say good because he's not good, but the he ruling with justice 
uh, Daimyo of Tatooine, and then Boba's free to like interact with the other shows too. Like, yeah, Boba we've can got be a really Ahsoka. big. We've got a big Tatooine problem, though, Kevin. We keep on coming back to this goddamn planet. It's where it all started. Shut up. So tired of it. It's Tatooine. Shut up. That's where it all started. I can't be like Mustafar or something cool. That's literally like saying, like, man, I wish the whole second movie of Lord of the Rings didn't take place at Helm's Deep. Yeah, man, I really love the Revolutionary War, but could we do it over in Europe this time? Yeah, come on. It's Tatooine. Yeah, I'm really tired of World War II movies being in Germany. Let's do it in Florida. Don't you all want to know, like, about Tatooine before it was a desert, when it was an ocean world? No, I do. No. I want to know how the Tusken Raiders ended up like that. I'm very curious. What if they were all, like, what if they were, like, deep space explorers from before the High Republic, and they crash-landed on Tatooine, and there was nothing there? What if Tatooine was, like, Waterworld with Kevin Costner? Oh, what if it was Wonder Wo- or Waterworld? <laughs> Wonder World. Not Wonder World. That's a, I think that's a strip club somewhere. No, uh, that's what a kids if it movie. <laughs> oh, sounds like a strip club. It might be a strip club too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, w- I would say like, what right. if it was like Waterworld and the Tuscans were like the rulers of Waterworld, and then all the water dried up, and this is what they were left with. No. Overall, what did you think of the episode? This is my favorite episode of the favorite season. Episode. Uh, unfortunately, Boba wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. Boba didn't even show up at all. I thought. Um, I thought when he cut his leg with the dark saber, I thought for sure he was going to go to the back to tank, and like that's how the episode was going to start. Did you laugh? Because I laughed when he cut himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like <laughs> oh, it looks like looks like we're having trouble. Yep. I love that Can't he had to build down the uh, Beskar spear too. She was like, "Nope, not uses a weapon." Oh, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about that. What do you think of Mandalorians being so afraid of Beskar weaponry? It's the only thing that can pierce she their armor besides a lightsaber. Terrified of that, and even a, even a the lightsaber can pierce it, but it's lightsaber, work. yeah, it has to. It has to like it takes time. It it like it's like a taking like a blunt object to like a piece of wood. Like you'll 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 cut it down eventually, but it's gonna take a while. Yeah, no, the Beskar spear though apparently goes like. Right popping, through it. Popping right through. So Yeah, she yeah, was I terrified. Under, I, I understand the fear. I understand why they didn't make weapons out of it, but the question is, who made the spear? True. Ooh. What if that was no something? What if, what if, okay, what if that was a Mandalorian relic and it was like, it was just a, a piece of weaponry that was taken during the purge? What if that's what they armed? What were the Mandalorians who turned and join the empire what were they called oh crap i know you're talking about what if they were armed with that by the empire huh i don't know what how are you going to keep the mandalorians in line because they're warlike people you could destroy their world they're going to fight back no matter what Oh, but keep in mind those mandalorians were taken out that that entire that entire like that group was taken out in rebels (laughs) right but i'm talking prior to the, oh, the I think they would have. I, I, I assume they would have melted it down. Here's my guess: is that everything we see in Rebels on Mandalore, obviously we see a rebelling planet. They're not able to control it the way they want to. Like that's a very difficult planet to control. So at some point after Rebels and before Return of the Jedi, or possibly even Empire, depending no, it's before, on the timeline. It's before Episode Four. I would well, say we don't, or, we don't know for sure. Because you, you have a you have a long timeline. We don't gonna, know so when Moff Gideon did it. I think in my head the way the way that it worked because keep in mind the 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 time between episode four and episode six I think is five. 
it's like five ish years. I think, I think Star Wars usually works in like five ish years gaps. Um, so, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe the bombing of Mandalore could have been done after Death Star one blew up and they needed, they needed as much like metal and, and, and material to build Death Star two. So they went and and just like just destroyed Mandalore and harvested all of its all of its goods out so they could help build Death Star 2. I mean, maybe that's how it worked. Maybe that's why they purged Mandalore so hard. Maybe. Because like it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't a normal the way the Empire usually works in the outer rim is they don't usually like completely destroy the population entirely unless they're chesting out a Death Star. Um Usually, you like in in op uh, in um, what's the one but before Rogue One? Anyways, that one. Um, they talk about how they like usually like corral them. They like put them in like small groups, and then they just like harvest the rest. I wonder why they wanted to completely exterminate the Mandalorians, though. That's the one thing that I don't understand is why do they hate the Mandalorians so much? Because they couldn't control them. But they could control them. They Only knew how small- to control them. All they had oh. to do was all they had to do was put one one corrupted Mandalorian in power, but it didn't work. We saw it completely unravel in Rebels. But that was because you had that's because they had the they had the the they, well, they had the Rebels there. That was the problem, right? And then they literally brought out the Duchess because that didn't that plan didn't work. Mm, I don't know. I feel I I feel like just glassing a planet was so last resort. Yeah. We can't control it. They're still fighting back. You know, the Duchess isn't doing what we anticipated. Palpatine, blow it up. Well, the Duchess was doing what they wanted it to do. They just, Sabine flipped it on him. Right. Uh, so Palpatine, blow it up. It's no longer use. We, we, we harvested what we needed. Like, destroy the planet, destroy the people. So much death. Like it is like it, they complete like the the, the capital building that capital building holds millions of people. They think about it. They the storytelling post Disney. There's a few initiatives. One, there's balance in the force. That's that we're not talking about lights anymore. We're now talking about balance. The second thing <clears throat> is they're saying everyone, and I'm not saying it's a joke. I know you and I joke about this all the time, but being actually serious about this. They are saying that people that say the Empire did nothing wrong, Disney's like, well, <laughs> let us know, tell I, you a yeah, few stories. Yeah. I know I like to be like, nah, order order over chaos, but yeah, and like even watching. The, what was the thing from Mandalorian season two with Bill Burr? What was that called? The I can't remember the name of that battle. Oh, God. Yes. They, I know you're They talking. killed mm-hmm. their own 10,000 of their own soldiers to destroy was, the planet. It, it, what, it was during Operation Cinder? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That, yeah. So... They're really trying to break the mold of like the Empire did nothing wrong by saying, "Well, <laughs> oh, here's I wonder, tons of genocide." I wonder. I wonder if a Night of a Thousand Tears was during Operation Cinder. Might have been. I wonder if that is Operation Cinder, and they're just not calling it that. Operation Cinder. Well, no, because Bill Burr was talking about another planet. He wasn't talking about Mandalore. No, 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 no. But Operation Cinder was a galactic effort. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't ice. So I wonder if that was Operation Cinder for. For Mandalore. Uh, the targeted planets include Burnin Khan, which is the one we talk about in Mandalorian, uh, Candovant, Abenito, Kaminor, N- Naboo, Necronus, Vardos, and Naboo. 
Vardis is the one, is the planet that What's-Her-Face is from in Battlefront 2. Yeah, oh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe yeah. it was maybe it was just a just a, a turn and burn, or they just Verse, really wanted to just versus yeah, scorch Earth policy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what Aiden? Aiden? Aiden Versio? Aiden Versio? Yeah. Yeah, she's from that planet, right? Yeah, because there's a picture of her dad on the Wikipedia for the planet. Yeah, yeah. Garrick her dad's a, her dad's a badass. He's, uh, yeah. he's mean. I mean, this doesn't this doesn't necessarily say that there weren't other planets right right there's just there's so many tie bombers that were just like in the sky and there were oh, so wait. many explosions it was just it was hold wild. on what was i right fondor pilio vardos necronus Thede, naboo abed Ab- abenito candovant mm-hmm. chandrilla which is uh where um mon mothma was from mm-hmm. Moncala. wow i didn't know that commonor mm-hmm. bernard con dibron three cor Cortatka, Diamond Tor, like Fedboy and and Chadawa. Um, it, those are the ones listed on Wikipedia. But again, yeah, it doesn't like, say. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the whole idea for Operation Cinder was to destroy any planet that had any type of like um, any type of supply chain that was worthwhile to the Empire. It, like the Emperor didn't want anyone to touch it, so he was like, "Might as well just destroy it all, so then no one else can. If I can't have it, no one else can." Um, so that was the whole idea of Operation Cinder. So I, if the, if I, Mandal if Mandalore wasn't important to the Empire, then it, there was no reason for Operation Cinder to happen. They they list the commanders from the Empire side, but they don't say. It doesn't say anything about Moff Gideon. There's a Moff Rand and a Moff Wraith, but again, that doesn't mean that they're not going to add it. This into might, the story. it might, it might just end up being its own interesting reason and story for season three. I, I think this is just like this is something that lore crafting won't really bring to light. It's going to be something that they have designed from the beginning, and they finally will get to unravel it here. And the, the question is, did it happen before or after Palpatine died? And yeah, that that's the, that's the big thing because I want to yeah. know when it happened because then it'll set the tone for why it happened. Yeah, they even have the quote from Palpatine to Gallius from the uh, aftermath. If an empire cannot protect its emperor, then that emperor must be deemed a failure. It collapses not only because its central figure is gone, but because it must not be allowed to remain. So maybe it was. Maybe that was one of the planets that they were like, emperor's dead, burn it all down. Yeah, the entire the entire thing for Operation Cinder was really interesting. And then the the whole idea of like I'm going to burn this all to the ground and then I'm going to come back to life and pick it all back up. Like that's mm-hmm. like that that's just like an insane policy. Mhm. But I wonder if he was even I, I wonder at that point for for Palpatine because there's we we know that in the Star Wars universe there's much like it's a universe. It's not just a it's not just in one galaxy far far away. Star Wars is starting to expand outside of this one single galaxy and now it's becoming a multi uh, multi-layered universe with with different types of uh of worlds outside well, of at, the one that we know getting outside of uh boba with some of the news that came out um one of the big things in the comics i haven't read the comic yet but there is a reference to the yuzong Vong in one of the new high republic comics really uh, uh apparently uh it was either a pet or something some creature from the Yuzong Vong world has appeared in the High Republic comic uh, comics, which means oh, so that means the Grisk aren't going to be the Yuzong Vong. No, they're two different races apparently, oh. which means that Disney 
is like, yeah, we're just going to keep this Yuzong Vong thing in our pocket for a rainy day. So, But they have the Grisk, which are also really scary. Like, that's... Cr- oh, I love that they're getting into, like, these scary, like, war-torn creatures. Like you, like you said, we're going outside into the chaos. Yeah, and, and so to my point... new things. Yeah, and so to my point with the Emperor is, like, after Operation Cinder, I wonder if he was like, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to go after something else. Because, I mean, like, his whole thing was to bring evil and the Sith empire to to all corners of the universe and so it's like was he ready to just go off and just take over another galaxy Mm -hmm. i wonder if that was his plan before we move on to other stuff uh the easter eggs from last week so slave one is now the fire spray gunship which was pretty much confirmed already but wait what slave one is now the fire spray gunship yes correct yeah it's just it's either it's either boba fett boba fett's ship or it's the fire spray um, there's some references to stuff on Tatooine. So Fennec says singing like a Yuzum. So Joaza, who is the big mouth singer from the remade version of oh, the... Oh, yeah, the one with the, the straw mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, she also uses inverter, in-universe slang Gotra for a gang or organization, been used in Star Wars before. Um, her mention of good me- mechanics in Moss Eisley sounds like a reference to Pelimato, which, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. We learned that this week. And then... Uh, Boba seems to be living on a roasted scurrier, the little rodents that popped up in the special edition of New Hope, and then we saw scurriers this week all throughout the N1 ship. Yep. Uh, those were those little creatures. Uh, oh, and then rats. going deeper with the Black Crescenton Trandoshan fight, <laughs> um, that was to represent how much the Wookiees hate the Trandoshans because, if you remember from Clone Wars, the Trandoshans like to steal Wookiees, bring them back to their hunting planets, and hunt them like uh, uh, prey. Yep. So... Um, Wookiees and Trandoshans naturally nice hate each Good. other. Um, and then the Mandalorian music cue, which we don't have to discuss because we knew that that came to life. Did it, t- did, it, did it tick you off last week when Boba Fett walked in the, in the flashback? Boba Fett walks up to, to uh, um, I, I'm, now I'm thinking of her real name, uh, Fennec Shan. Uh, but there was no spurs when he did it in the flashback. I didn't notice that. Ticked me off. Because in the in the in season one of Mando, when he walks up to her, there's spurs, and that's why everyone was like, "It's it's a like it's Mando, it's it's a Boba Fett." Because in uh, if you go back and and watch some of the the behind the scenes for how they did like uh, original Star Wars, they actually used spurs in post um, to get uh, for Boba Fett walking, or they put like some spurs on his on his boots as well to make him really sound like a cowboy, like a, a, a Clint Eastwood cowboy. And so that's why everyone knew it was Boba Fett when it was just his feet because of the spurs. But then in last week's episode, when she, he did the flashback to saving Fennec, there was no like chink, 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 chink. I just, I just, that bugged me a little bit. Hmm. I wasn't sure if he picked up on that. I did not. Now I'm going to go back and watch it. You should. Hunter came in this morning and he was very interested in this episode. So now he wants to watch all the episodes. Well, I know I know how much he loves Star Wars video games. So did you tell him that there's new ones coming out? I didn't. But there are three new Star Wars games coming out by EA. That's just EA. That's just that's just EA Respawn. Just uh, just re, just just Respawn alone is producing three Star Wars games right now. So, I mean, that's added to the list. We're going to get a ton of Star Wars games in the next few years. So so we we already on the list. We we knew that it was already like teased and, and somewhat announced. We knew that Jedi Fallen Order is a three piece video game. Yep, it's a trilogy. So so it's a trilogy. So Jedi Fallen Order 2 we already knew. Now we've got 
We've got Eclipse, right? That was yeah, already we, announced. Yeah. We've the Ubisoft got, game. We've got the we know a Ubisoft game is in the works. We've got what else? We've got the that update we, coming to Swotor next month. Okay. Uh, and then and then now, so that's four, the hun- so that's four have, video games. You have Hunters coming to mobile. So that's five. Um there's a Warner Brothers game and a Zynga oh, game. I forgot about the Warner Brothers game. And there's a Zynga game. So, so, another mobile so now game. we're at seven. And then now Respawn is working on a first-person shooter. And then they're working on a strategic game. For like an XCOM, they're, it's it's in production with a new studio that is made Bit- up of ex-XCOM developers. Uh, unnamed strategy game from Bitreactor, a new independent studio composed of developers from Firaxis, the Civilization, and XCOM studio owned by EA rival Take Two. So that's not even one of the EA games. That's a Take Two mm-hmm. game. Yep. So so that means we're gonna get like a strategy, like top down. Like I wonder when that. Wonder if it's gonna be almost like a um, Band of Brothers, where you you have like a squad and you're like kind of like moving them around like maps and stuff, like like it is in XCOM. That'd be cool. Like, oh, what if they did like Clone Wars? What if you had like a, a, a like clone troopers and you were moving around and stuff? That could be that it. Makes sense. That I could mean, work. It it may also be like. Uh, have you ever played the mobile game? I forget what it's called. Let me look on my iPad. Um, Galaxy of Heroes. Yes. And maybe it's like that where it exists outside of time and space, so it's more of a board game, and you can bring maybe uh, it, you know how oh, in Total like War how, games you can bring in armies depending on the Total War game, but you can bring in armies from different. Yeah, it's like Heroes of the Storm. Exactly. So maybe it's something yeah. like that where That'd you be get sick. a clone army, you can have a Sith army, you can have a Sith trooper. You know. Yeah, it'd be really cool. D- Gungans, you can you know whatever because we have examples of these in media that we can pull from. So yeah. Um, yeah, they also made note in this that Disney is working with um, uh, PlayStation a lot on the Marvel side. So perhaps we'll see, you know, Insomniac in the future work on a, on a Star Wars game, which would be, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, so who knows? We'll we'll see. There's also mention of Tencent. Tencent's working on an Avatar game. So Disney's got all these relationships. You got all of these Star Wars games, and I, I feel like it's just gonna. Oh, we forgot the Old Republic remake. Oh yeah, Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic remake was announced. So that's that's nine, I think. Mm-hmm. It's nine Star Wars games on the table. You're gonna be busy, dude. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> oh, f- oh. When does Hunters come out? Isn't that soon? I don't know, but it's on the Switch, right? It's on the Switch and mobile. Yeah, Hunters. I don't know if I'll play. I'm not. I don't know if I'll stream that. You don't have to stream it. We should just play it. Hmm. You do it in the office. I d- that's content I'd make in the office. Yeah, we could do that in the studio. We have the Switch. I just, I just brought in a Switch dock because I got the OLED yeah. Switch. Uh, yeah, arriving 2022 is all it says. I mean, it looks cutesy and fun. It's an arena shooter. It's like, whatever. Yeah, it'll be fun. Get a couple beers and... Beers? You drink whiskeys? Beer? I don't um, drink beer. So, well, it was going to be a cheat night. We've had beers on it. Like, like you have, I've, I've seen you go to a football game and have one beer. I had one beer last night after the That's shoot. That's what I'm saying. You have a beer? I woke uh, up this morning because I haven't had... I haven't had bar food in God knows how long. I woke up this oh, morning God. and I was like, oh, like God, shit? I want to die. <laughs> I was like, eating clean has been so good for me. Why did you do that? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways. Is what it is. But yeah, so there's lots coming in the video game universe. I feel like it's, it's going to be wild, an explosion. Dude. I feel like we've been starved since Fallen Order. We haven't gotten yes. much. I don't think we've we gotten haven't. anything. 
No, that was it. Jedi Fallen Order was the last Star Wars game that that, that I played. And I was still streaming, so I was still on Mixer. Ew, uh, Kevin, that's so long ago. What's actually, Mixer? Actually, Fallen Order was the game that I was in the middle of when I left Mixer. Uh, so I actually, my first stream back on Twitch was was Fallen Order. That's um, wild, Kevin. Yeah. So, um, oh, But I finished it before you, so I got to watch you experience Darth Vader, which was, I, I remember this. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was, uh. That was a treat. It was the same day. Like I had finished my stream and then went to your stream and watched you do it. Yeah, it was. That was a fun one. That that game was just. Uh, it was a masterpiece. I loved it. I can't wait for the next one. Um, yeah, there's a lot coming. It's very exciting. Uh, it's a great time. Again, we say it all the time to be a Star Wars fan. There's new comics out too. I gotta catch up on those on the Marvel side. I haven't even touched the IDW one still. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> this episode. Just we got two more weeks of Boba. Uh, I think are we we're sticking with Wednesday's recording now for now, right? I think so. Yeah, so two more episodes of Boba. Tim and I'll still be here. Uh, you get your uh, episode every uh, Wednesday evening. I like Wednesday. I don't know. You guys should tweet at us. Tweet at Star Wars Scotch at Star Wars Scotch because we don't have Star Wars and Scotch. Star Wars Scotch mm-hmm. uh, or or at Kevin X Vision or at Darkness Four Two Nine. You got you, you guys are able to find us. You guys already found us once. Uh, so tweet at us, let us know, like, does Wednesday work for you? I like Wednesday cause it's our, it's our day off from the gym. It's, it's, it's a rest day. So that's very convenient for moi and Kevin. Yep. Uh, that, yeah, and the only reason we take Wednesdays off is cause there's this guy at the gym. Uh, he's yeah, no, older... this is the actual reason why we decided to make not, Wednesday our rest day. We're not kidding. There's this older guy at the gym. Like, I feel bad to an extent, but it's also really annoying at five in the morning. Anyway, he comes in. He's got his belt. This dude wants to bench like 350 pounds. He can't bench 350 pounds, so he finds susceptible young finds susceptible young men in the gym to spot him. And when I say spot him, he yells at you the whole time. If you do too much, he gets mad. If you do too little, he gets mad. So it sucks. So Tim and I have gotten to the point where we just say no. And I know that sounds terrible, but if you were at the gym with us on Wednesday mornings, you would say no too. So this now it's tries fun. to bench 315 pounds with you doing all the lifting with your back. He just he's like, "No, you got to lift from your back. Lift Use your back. back. If you jerk your back up." <laughs> so, uh yeah, it's been uh, uh uh nice to have Wednesdays off and not have to get uh, uh accosted verbally by a man who Tells me how to spot him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Wednesdays. We're going to keep it on with Wednesdays. But before we go, make sure you head over to kingscoastcoffee.com and get some of that delicious, delicious Kings Coast coffee. I'm drinking that Trevor May today. Oh, uh, oh we spoke to Trevor the other day, Tim. He has some stuff he wants to do with you and Paul, but I'll fill you in Aww. later. Um, Hello, Trevor. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here. And next week, we'll be back for episode 69. Nice. Of Star Wars and Scotch for uh, the second to last chapter of the Book of Boba Fett, chapter six. Uh, and we are very excited to see what happens next week. But in the meantime, you all have a good one. Go check out Tim, fb.gg slash darkness429, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern-ish, yeah, every ish. morning-ish. Uh, <laughs> but go hang out with Tim on Facebook. And if you want to see everything I'm up to, just go to rareshop.co, and you can check out all of the other shows we have. We got comics covering the Marvel and DC universes and more. Uh, we got overplayed. Yeah, I was uh, talking to Doug about that yesterday. He's really excited about some new stuff coming. Yeah, they have some some interesting stuff coming down the pipeline. We got uh, uh, D&D at Rare Drop Roleplay. Tons of stuff for you to consume. Coffee and chill uh, with Cam No Sleeves talking uh, NHL 
hut with his buddy Kesso. But you all have a good one. We will see you next week. I'll do it this week, Tim. And chat, because that's who you are. You'll always be chat. May the (laughs) force be with you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.